and welcome to KFAB, the podcast. Podcast about wrestling and fashion. But mostly fashion. I'm Sarah. I'm Christina. And I'm Katie. It's so nice to have you back, Katie. We oh, missed you. Thank you. How was the wedding? It was wonderful. The Great. vows were just so sweet and personal. Mm. Good. That's exactly what you want out of a wedding. You yeah. want to feel like... <laughs> I was about to say... I'm really sticking. excited for what you're going to say. I was yeah. like, it's sticking, which seems like a really fucking rude thing for me to say about someone's wedding but i do hope that yeah let's destroy some weddings. i'm really excited no. for, for unhinged sarah this episode oh, guys <laughs> it's been a weird day katie and i just got lost in our neighborhood it was truly insane yeah. i just did not know where my car was and thought it was towed mm-hmm. i wasn't invited so oh, that's what? not true okay <laughs> Let's cause drama. Mike rolled his eyes so hard. I oh. was joking. Hi, Mike. But I am sad because I like oh. spending time with you guys. Who, who's, who's the person? Who's, who's the, a, who's eye the roller. person who rolled her eyes? Who is this? Me. Do you want to say hello? <laughs> oh my god, it's a whole thing now. Hey. <laughs> He's just daydreaming. Wow. Okay. Well, producer Mike has had a tough day, but he is a longtime wrestling fan, so he helps us um, fill in the gaps in our knowledge. Mm-hmm. We're relatively new wrestling fans. Eventually, we're just gonna say wrestling fans. That'll mm, be an exciting day when we feel like we can say that. Mike, I like the shirt you're wearing a lot. It's good. And I didn't have time to compliment you before because I was too busy eating that Chipotle really fast. <laughs> I mean, I was I was pounding a falafel sandwich at the same time. I know time, we were so. equally scarfing, scarfing. But it's a really nice shirt. It's a good color on you. You're welcome. Wow. Um, he's wearing a. Wow, are you all back together? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's squash the rumors. Okay. Now. Um, it's a real Brad and Jen situation. It's a real Brad and Jen Truly. situation. It'll go for 15 years, and Jen will be like, J Lo or Jen? Jen. Anison? Uh, well, I didn't know. What? Oh, sorry. I'm thinking Ben. See, oh, oh, different B names. Sorry, still focusing I, about my car. I can't believe <laughs> how upset I just got. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> I'm just like, you don't know who Jennifer Anderson did at Brett Pitt are? I do. I know just, you do. Uh, it's okay. There's too many. There's so many people that we don't know to keep track of. And they're yeah. all named Jennifer. That's they also are. true. <laughs> Jen and Ben. Okay. We're 37. Wow. <laughs> Welcome. Okay. Welcome to episode 37. Um, open the slideshow to find a fun little note from producer losing. Mike. Oh, no. This is from me. And then the end, the tag is from producer Mike. Oh. So I wrote, 37 is if you were a guy Christina dated from a dating app, but you might have changed her mind on what she wants and expects from future relationships. Wow. What a cool, fun, new thing to learn about oneself in their 30s. Which okay. I see as positive. But then producer Mike wrote, God, these are getting dark. <laughs> See, I thought producer Mike did the whole thing. Yes. No, no, no. That would have been way funnier. You're I was right. like, wow, he got her voice down 100%. Yeah, I, know, I was, I was really like, impressed. I'm fucking impressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mike, I always knew you were a great writer, but I was, I'm blown away. Stream of consciousness run yeah. on sentences. With <laughs> um, yeah. a darker font. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my god, what is this? Wrestling news! Yay! WWE has announced that they are reviving the King of the Ring tournament. Ooh! Basically, the way it works is 16 wrestlers enter a single elimination tournament. Christina, think of it like the boyfriend <laughs> bracket, but with actual fighting instead. Okay, so like a tournament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I devised that. The tournament has been on hiatus since 2015, but that's not super important. The most important fact is that if you win the tournament... Oh, shit. (gasps) Oh, they dress you up in a little king outfit. Cute. Oh, my God. Who would we like to see dress up as a little king? Sorry, they're not little, but I keep adding little king. They do be king. Oh, win the king of the ring. How would we dress him? We have Macho King, (laughs) King Mm -hmm. Mabel, King Seamus... King Booker uh, and King Kurt. King Kurt. King Booker. King Kurt just king looks Booker. like a thumb with a king outfit These on. These are all, I gotta say, out of the ones that we're looking at on here, I think Macho King is the funniest to mm-hmm. me personally. So I'm trying to think of like who who would bring me the most joy to see wearing a little, a little mm. crown. Maybe Braun, because he's, he's so big. Yep. And then the crown would look small. Yeah, they'd have to special order that. Mm-hmm. I want them to give him a tiny little crown, like he's a small dog. Oh, um, well, these are all mo- different crowns. It oh, d- it does look like so it works to who they are, I guess. Okay, okay. It does look like um, Macho Man Randy Savage. 
I, again, mm-hmm. I always have to pause to say it right, but Macho Man Randy Savage just li- basically lives at a Sears, right? Because he's always getting these fucking portraits done. Oh, yeah, it's different yeah, sponge painting in he's the background. constantly in front of these backdrops. You know who would be really fun? Oh, Velveteen yeah. Dream. Velveteen Dream <gasps> would yes, be. Yes, he would I mean, really wear it yes. very well. Right. Um, I, of course, have to go with Alistair Black. And mm-hmm. reason being, because A, he's my boyfriend, and B... He, I think, would do a cool dark prince thing that I really crown. like. Yep. Like if he did like if they just like broke a bunch of glass from like put like shards of glass shards on of a glass on a crown. Mm-hmm. Wow. Blood that- dripping down like Jesus style. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> thinking I was like like a crown of thorns. Yeah, like a crown of thorns. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would be pretty rad. Hmm. Also, quick question: Can ladies be entered into this? Based on what you know about the WWE. (laughs) I'm just hoping, you know, I'm just hoping that there's a little crack of happiness in Um, there. But what about Becky? She's the man. Yeah. (gasps) What if Becky came in and won it? That would be a really good plot point. That would be very good. Extremely cool. WWE, if you're listening. Yes. We've got a pitch. Well, I don't know. I think anyone, anyone would be fun. As long as they do get to wear a crown and have a scepter. Wow. Seamus has a giant scepter. No euphemism. Well, baby. I keep, every time I, all right, everyone's going to rip me on this for like eight years, but every time I see Seamus, I think he's cuter every time because he just has such a, he has such a nice positive energy. I just like him. Yeah. It's good vibes. He's a good vibe. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Mike, do you have anything to say? Yeah. I mean, just you, you watch his workout channel a lot, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good vibe. Yeah. She's got her two cats around her. She's petting them and just watching a workout video of Seamus. I like that you think I can pet both cats at the same time with them sitting in next to me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they will not let me. Wow. Well, maybe one day. Uh, we'll see. All right. Grab them cakes. It's time for a junkyard dog. Yay. 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 So I'm covering junkyard dog today. He was born on December 13th, 1952 in North Carolina, and that makes him a Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. Like I like those. <laughs> I'm happen. I like Sagittarius. I like those. <laughs> so, Maybe it's because he's come from North Carolina. I just totally no. So he's uh, like nearly 300 pounds. He's super huge, Oof. and he was a college football player and was even drafted by the Green Bay Packers, but decided to go on to a career in sports entertainment in the mid 1970s. Um, Junkyard Dog made his debut in Tennessee in 1977 and worked for Stu Hart's Stampede Wrestling in Canada. And he was also one of the first wrestlers to perform in a ladder match, which be- because it was used almost primarily in Calgary at the time. Whoa. So very yeah, cool. What was going on in Calgary um, <laughs> where they had all these ladders? I don't know. There's like, I always imagine that people from Calgary are kind of blue collar. This is based on no information. Mm. I just my opinion. And I know that we have a friend from there, but... I imagine it's blue collar, so maybe they just had a bunch of loose ladders. <laughs> just around. You've got to use them somehow. Or maybe yep. they're the ladder kings of Canada. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, anyway, the point is, is that that happened. Um, he used a lot of different ring names. I tried to find them. There were none online. But he mm. used some early on, but he like stuck to Junkyard Dog for the whole thing. Um, and he became kind of more of an icon after moving to Mid-South wrestling territory in the early 1980s. So he was described as being abnormally quick on his feet and extremely durable and would seem impervious to pain, and he connected with like fans almost instantly. Like This dude is so beloved. It's very sweet. Um, I'll get into it a little bit more. But his general look, as you can see from this, is he has a chain necklace <laughs> a dog chain yeah, it's a dog it's a chain literal, yeah like leash and red pants and then for a while he was wearing these um white cowboy boots <laughs> and on his butt it says uh thump thump oh yeah it's his move so all right so while in the mid-south um promoter bill watts christened him as junkyard dog so that's how he got his name and then he became coming he started coming to the ring with his signature dog dog collar and chains and white boots and he would enter to another one bites the dust oh my gosh that's <gasps> and so fun wow. for a while he would come to the ring pushing a cart filled with junk called the junk wagon oh <laughs> so <laughs> he would regularly sell out like the louisiana superdome and he was the first black wrestler to be made the undisputed top star of his promotion Wow. So, wow. Yeah. While on top, he feuded with some of the top heels in the company because he was 
always a face, including the now infamous angle with the fabulous Freebirds where they blinded him with hair cream. And during this, this is just like goes to show how popular he was with fans. A fan hopped in the ring and threatened to shoot him. Oh my <laughs> or gosh. threatened to shoot them when they like the fabulous Freebirds when they blinded him with hair cream. Oh my wow. <laughs> like during the match. Wow. Um at the peak <laughs> of the feud. Junkyard Dog's wife gave birth to their first child, which was made part of that storyline, and it explained that uh, he could not go see his new daughter, something that increased the heat on the Freebirds to the point where they needed police escorts in and out of arenas. Oh my god. Yeah. I wonder how his wife felt about that. I don't yeah. uh, know. Uh, the feud ended with the still-blinded Junkyard Dog and Freebird leader M- Michael P.S. Hayes wrestling in a steel cage do- dog collar match. And I think that's what's there. So, yeah, but again, just like pretty standard, like he wears just like high-waisted leggings, good for a yoga class, good for wrestling, and mainly white and red, um, but he has like the American color stars on his thighs and then thump on his butt. Does he take off the collar when he wrestles? He do, yes. Good, because that does seem dangerous. Yeah, it certainly does. but anyway, so late in 1984, he came to WWF, and he was nearly an instantaneous hit. And this is, like, from the WWE website. He's the sight of Junkyard Dog clad in his collar and chain, striding to the ring in the strains of his unforgettable entrance theme, Grab Them Cakes, was one, <laughs> was one that WWF fans loved. Um... Yeah, grab them cakes. We'll listen to it. I'll link it in the show notes. The intro music is so fun. It sounds I'm like delighted. it sounds like a Ghostbusters ripoff. Like it's like <laughs> grab them cakes. Like it's like who are you gonna call? Boop boop but that. Like it's pretty much what it is. Wow. All right. Okay. Are we ready? All right. Yeah. Okay. So we've just listened to the song, guys. What What did you think of the entrance theme? It's very fun. It is so good. Sarah's like... I'm obsessed. Yes. I'm going to sing it a lot. Yes. Yeah. I hope the it's neighborhood part. Just yes. so yeah. Ghostbusters, as mm-hmm. you were saying. Mm-hmm. Truly, like, when when Katie saw uh, Dean Ambrose come out in, like, well-fit jeans, Jack, <laughs> the reaction Katie had is the same that Sarah had <laughs> listening to Junkyard Dogs. Yeah, music. like, really a rousing theme song. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Take it back home, girl. Uh, Mike Mike made a really good joke when we had the mics off. Mike, do you want to do that joke or do you want me just to say it all clunky? Great, I will say it all clunky, which is just like, it sounds like we just landed at LAX and we're like doing those montage where people are like rollerblading and like uh-huh. pulling yeah. their glasses down They're like, there's a hot lady's butt in a tight miniskirt yeah, like, and heels. Oh, oh, and they're like, look at that lady. Yes, yeah. it sounds like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys should Google it. It's very fun. But in any case, so Junkyard Dog, we'll get back on this train, uh, made a habit of interacting with the growing number of young people in the audience. So he would bring them up into the ring after the matches and dance with them. I love that. Um, he was also well known for his finishing maneuver, a power slam he called Thump. And, you know, he had the word Thump across his butt, which is now like unsettling because it's kind of in that trump font yeah it is <laughs> and it's oh, like no. so close that <laughs> when i was looking at it i like when i scan and look i'm like what yeah oh no if he watched those like one too many times <laughs> yeah. that h would turn into an r absolutely um yeah and so the unfortunate thing about wwf is that he was like wildly successful in mid-south um but everyone was kind of disappointed because he just stayed a mid-card talent because Vince McMahon sucks um and which is the the technical term is Vince McMahon sucks uh but yeah so there wasn't much upward mobility for him which is really unfortunate because like everything I read about him people are like he's the most charismatic wrestler he's so he's so cool he's Mm -hmm. like just he has it and um there's a promo I'll link to with Gene Gene Okerlund yes where he like kind of go he like talks about the card he's going up against and he's just like so captivating and like great at yeah he's just good like you can tell that he's like a good performer so now we're going to talk about racism <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah uh, yeah so i found this article from grantland that is a concise uh history of racism in wrestling which it 
I think it says a very concise because it is a very sh- it's not that long but we'll link it in the show notes but this is just a segment I'm just going to read it verbatim because it's better if the acts weren't always bald facedly racist their matches were often peppered with the patently offensive bad guy shtick of legendary color commentator Jesse the body Ventura at various times Ventura reacted to a junkyard dog interview by saying the junkyard dog had a mouthful of grits called his rope-a-dope in the ring routine a lot of shucking and jiving oh god Michael oh P.S. Hayes, who we mentioned earlier, with a ringleader of the fabulous Freebirds, often resorted to race baiting to intensify feuds. And during one of these feuds, he called Junkyard Dog Boy. Uh, oh, that no. dude was also said to say the N-word casually over the oh years without causing a stir. And he was credited with the notion that black wrestlers don't need gimmicks because being black is their gimmick. Oof. So oh, real God. fun stuff. And then I chose as the slide... WWF celebrates Black History Month with Junkyard Dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, I will say the optics of like a black wrestler with the chains is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could definitely have some connotations similar to the Hangman Page stuff that we had talked. I mean, not similar, like not in the same way, but like in the same kind of like, ah, there's different ways to look at this thing yes. you're doing. It does seem like. I mean, this was his character from day one. Yeah. He, like, yeah. wanted to do this character. He loved this character. He brought a lot to it. Yeah. So I don't think it needs to be that, but just in the context of, like, this stuff. No, absolutely. And also the thing is, like, who knew if this was kind of his only chance, and so he made the best out of it? You absolutely. Know? You never know. Um, but look at those cool leggings he's wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're very cool. They have different stars all over them. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't really have it much else to say except for... It felt like it would be disingenuous not to include absolutely that stuff, but there's not really much more to say except for like, yeah, everyone needs to do much better, but the 80s were hard. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I'm definitely going to read that whole Grantland piece later. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's uh, David Shoemaker, right? Yes. And it's, um, he is one of, he's not mentioned as much as other wrestlers are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it would be really interesting to go through there and maybe like pick people to cover and then yeah, yeah. but that's business stuff for later but Actually, anyway so, no I think that's I, that's good that we're talking yeah. about it it's very important it's one of the reasons we have a hard time with it I know as always 100% um, but also so there's a book about Junkyard Dog called The King of New Orleans How the Junkyard Dog Became Professional Wrestling's First Black Superhero and the book looks at the racial implications of Junkyard Dog's rise to wrestling stardom and the success he had in Mid-South Wrestling so if you want more information the author is named Greg Klein uh, sounds like it'd be an interesting read at a point. So we'll move on. Okay. Um, so WWE author Brian Shields called Junkyard Dog one of the most electrifying charismatic wrestlers in the country, particularly during the early 1980s. And he was known for his headbutt and upper body strength. Uh, so he left WWF for NWA WCW in 1988. Cause like I said, he didn't really get to do much. Um, and he was there until 1993. There's not too much to write about here, except that he was part of a short-lived uh, faction called Dudes with Attitudes, <gasps> with Sting, Paul Orndorff, and El Gigante. Oh my God! Um, wow. Yeah, I just like Dudes, dudes with, with attitudes. attitudes. There's nothing more 80s, 90s than that. Not at all. Um, unfortunately, he did die. Um, pretty at 45 years old on June 2nd, 1998, while he was driving home from his daughter's high school graduation. Oh my God. Oh God. I know. He was involved in a single car accident on a Mississippi highway. Um, before that, this is kind of, I'm sorry, wonky ordering, but he had stayed active in wrestling until his death. Uh, he was at ECW's 1998 Wrestlepalooza event just one month prior. He was the founder of the Dog Pound Stable and in indep- the Independent Mid-South promotion, which was based in southern Louisiana. And he also contributed, he also uh, trained Rodney Mack and Jazz, and his daughter and his sister represented him when he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2004 at a ceremony held, oh, by uh, Ernie Ladd, who is one of the biggest African-American superstars in the 1970s as well. And that was before WrestleMania 20. Um, So I'm going to close it up with this thing from actually WWE's profile on him. 
uh, which is that he had a unique combination of power, grace, and charisma that is rarely seen in sports entertainment. Inside the ring, his bite was certainly as powerful as his bark, a fact that many of his rivals will attest to. And as a member of the Hall of Fame, his legacy will never be forgotten by sports entertainment fans. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's Junkyard Dog. It's short. There's, it's, I mean, like I said, he kind of just like, he had a really, like all that's written about him, like I read a bunch of different articles and including it and just Wikipedia and stuff. And all of it was just like, he was a great wrestler and like a really fantastic showman and super charismatic. He should have been put in the ring more. Should have been put in more. It's weird. Yeah, you couldn't see a lot of like, there was a lot of kayfabe stories about him. No, not really. Um, Not that I could find that were like easily accessible. the one with the like the shaving cream is the best one, but honestly, like his promos, I think is where you can see why people loved him. Yeah. Um. So I also want to link one of those too. So. Yeah. Well, what a cool guy. Yeah. yeah. How'd you find him? Um. I looked up. I wanted to see like underrated, nineteen uh, seventies wrestlers, and especially focusing on people of color and nice. women. So. Yeah. Oh, interesting guy. Some Google searches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to read more about him. I yeah, know. he's interesting. Uh, well, time for a left turn. Yeah. Uh, who's that? Oh, it's just Tessa Blanchard. Um, I have a couple gifts here of her entrance. She does this little, like, hair whip with her butt to the camera, which is, like, a really funny... It's, like, her bend and snap is what yeah, I think. It definitely feels like that robotic in a great way. Mm-hmm. And then I also have mm. a gif of one of her intergender matches where Ooh, they do the dirty dancing ricochet. lift. Um, is that Ricochet? It is Ricochet. Oh, God. I didn't even notice. Yeah, look. Wow. You, you can see his tattoo. Oh, whoa. Well spotted. Thank I was you. just like, isn't it amazing that this man can do this? They can do the dirty dancing lifts. That's yeah. great. It's really good. So um, this is a recommendation from our listener, listener Carlos P. Thank oh, you. Thanks, Carlos. Um, he said that she's one of the best wrestlers currently working. And the tenor of the stuff I read online says the same thing. She's... Widely considered to be one of the best, if not the best, female wrestler working today. Oh, awesome. Uh, so Tessa Blanchard was born on July 26, 1995. She's a baby Leo, Leo in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. She is oh, a, we got two North Carolinas. I know. North, well, it's a wrestling place, it is a wrestling as we know. Place, yes. um, she's a third-generation wrestler. She's the granddaughter of Joe Blanchard and the daughter of Tully Blanchard, a member of the whor- Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen. <laughs> Oh my god, what an unfortunate slip of the tongue. The whore forceman. <laughs> the whore forceman. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I just got the second yeah. level of it. Great. Her stepdad is also the wrestler Magnum TA, which is a pretty sick wrestling name. Mm-hmm. So here's what she had to say about watching her dad, Tully Blanchard, wrestle as a kid. My dad was out of wrestling before I was even born. Then when I was younger, my dad had come out of retirement, so I was present for one of his matches. We were in New Bern, North Carolina, and I don't even remember how old I was, but I was a little girl. I remember being scared because my dad had bled in that match. I think that was my first experience to see my dad in the ring, which scared me considering I was a little girl. But I also remember going backstage to Raw and SmackDown, meeting Hulk Hogan and Triple H. I didn't really understand because I was so young, but looking back now, those were amazing memories. So, oh, that has to be so fascinating. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? To just, like, kind of grow up in that world. So I have some yeah. pictures here. Here's her built grandfather. I mean, what the fuck? That's a real damn beefy granddaddy. I don't even know what those muscles under his armpits are. I, they're just those, the, the wings. You know, he's got them wings. <laughs> yes. Um, and this is uh, her dad, mm. Tully Blanchard, um, also a, a thick, muscular man. Mm-hmm. And then this is her hugging her dad on the far right. Aww. So it's like a more recent snapshot of them. And I just thought that was sweet. I need to say this because we're on the family stuff, but my grandmother's maiden name is Blanchard. And oh. yeah, it's just weird. That's all. I just mm-hmm. wanted yeah. to say that because I'm like, are we related? So I'm looking at these people. I'm like, are we related distantly? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Anyway, great. Is that your thick grandpa? That's yeah, my thick that ass grandpa. With the, the wings? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That guy looks like a cartoon, like on a cleaning product. Yeah, or like Superman. Or a movie star. Yes, like yeah. truly. He does have a George Reed vibe to me in that. Very much so. Uh, so Tessa decided to start wrestling in her late teens. Oh. 
She actually didn't tell her dad if they weren't <laughs> close at the time. She was oh. kicked out of her house at 18, and she said she wasn't in a good place. Oh, no. So she wound up turning to a wrestling school to get her life back on track. So she didn't tell her family she was wrestling for a bit. And when she finally did, her stepdad came to watch her. He told her, okay, Tessa, you're not good, but you've, <laughs> but you've got it. You just have to go out there and become undeniable. So she eventually adopted undeniable as like a hashtag oh, throughout her career because cool. of that conversation. Damn. So, she made her professional debut in June 2014 with a promotion called Queens of Combat. <laughs> she went to a few different promotions around the East Coast after that, wrestling some names you may recognize, like Chelsea Green, the Hot Mess. Oh, her. And Soraya Knight. Hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweet Soraya. Mm-hmm. So, I, these are some assorted pictures of her in the early years that I just thought were too funny. There's one with the green screen background. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but, so she started out kind of wearing, like, booty shorts and a sports bra top. Mm-hmm. The earliest one I could find it was like red with white flames on it and then for a while she did this version with a boob window yeah, yeah. that's a peak boob it's you know she's not like hugely busty but it just is like framed and pushed up in such a way where it feels a little bit like on the verge of, of a malfunction it looks like yeah. an airplane window it does, it does. but just on <laughs> she's the like upper a jet. third of her boob she's like that sexy jet photo oh god that our group of friends keeps passing her. It's yes. really horrible. She's like the sexy jet. She does look like that oh. sexy jet. And then there's like, you know, sometimes she just was straight up wearing a regular, like the, the cotton sports bra you wear on laundry day. Yeah, 100%. But in a fun lime green. Yeah. Um, but she was kind of, she didn't wear like a, a huge amount of glam makeup back Mm-mm. in the day. And her hair was usually straight, flat ironed. It was, I was about to say the early 2000s, but it was 2014. She's very young. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she she didn't have the most exciting. It of still looks at does first. look like two thousands though. It does. Mm. It has a really dated look for some mm-hmm. reason, even though it wasn't that long ago. I mean, the red one specifically. The other ones are kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm. right. The other ones are kind of like, okay, yeah, you're a person. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think it's the belt partially. It's the belt on yeah. the, the low rise booty shorts. Yeah, is like very much like early two thousands Destiny's Child music mm-hmm. video to yeah. me. It's like that's what you wear when you're like concerned about tan lines. You don't need yes. to though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, but you go to the tanning bed and you get those stickers. So oh it's yeah, just, you have yeah. a sticker on yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tessa has done a little bit with the WWE, although she's not really associated with them. She made her NXT debut in April 2016 and lost to Alexa Bliss. She also lost to Nia Jax and Carmella, um, and she came back for the Mae Young Classic in 2017, but was eliminated in the first round by Kyrie Sane. Hmm. So I just have a couple pictures from that time. She was still doing the boob window in NXT, mm-hmm. but it was orange and black. God, what a disaster that I is. I know, but they gave her a better look. She looks like a hubcap. Yeah. It, it, is, it has like a real... Hooters vibe to it, it because of the orange and the oh, boob it's the window. Specific orange. Yeah. I think. Also, it from is, here, it looks like camo. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I think it's 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 almost like the Harley Davidson logo. Yeah. yeah it's it's not something great. with wings. It's not good. But then you can see they improved her look. I think for mm-hmm. um, May Young, where she had like a little cropped leather jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Le- I mean, it's pleather, and then a, a two piece um, that has kind of a halter top, and it has like a, a diamond. Yeah, it kind of looks like Bianca Belair's. It does does, a little bit. It's it's a diamond shape, and it's like sheer fabric in the middle of it. Mm. So it's still a little bit of a boob window, but not not going to pop out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is actually really similar to the look she still has. Oh, nice. So I think she presumably feels comfortable in it. She also has a paid vibe to her very much. She does, yeah. Well, just wait. Oh. So... Uh, this is pretty cool. In July 2018, Rise Wrestling had a cross-promotional event with Impact Wrestling, which is where she does a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tessa wrestled against Mercedes Martinez in the Phoenix of Rise Championship. It was a 30-minute Iron Woman match, the longest women's wrestling match ever. Whoa. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wait, 30 minutes? Yeah. That's the longest ever? Wait. Uh No, I think it was actually ended up being longer than that, but it was supposed to be 30 minutes or something. Oh, yeah, because okay. I was like... It might have been... Uh, it was long. Anyway, mm-hmm. I might have copied and pasted something wrong, but it is the longest women's match ever. It, cool. yeah. it was long as fuck. It was very <laughs> long. Um, she ended up losing, but it was really remarkable. So here's a... This is them hugging afterwards, and they were just, like, exhausted, and everyone mm-hmm. was like, whoa, holy shit, because they did this amazing thing. 
So another cool thing, in July 2019, just a month ago. Oh my God, yeah. Tessa wrestled Sammy Callahan at Impact Wrestling's Slammiversary 17. Mm. This was the first intergender wrestling match main event at an Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. Oh, oh wow. So this is a picture of her from that event. I'm going to link this clip of her Damn. entrance too. She came in, she has like great dark lip. She's got really cool slicked back hair and she was wearing a two-piece outfit that is gold lame and she came in with a gold baseball bat i love this oh my god i love this because this guy i think his he does something with a baseball bat normally so this was like a deliberate like fuck you move where she brought a baseball bat in and it was i love that very badass and cool yes fan so she's currently signed with impact wrestling lucha libre triple a worldwide where she's the current women's champion Mm. and women of wrestling wow which um carlo said is basically the real life glow Oh. And we've actually seen her wrestle, guys, though what? we didn't know it. She's the stunt double fl- for Florence Pugh and Fighting with My Family. Uh, oh, so oh, she's cool. She does have a Paige vibe. She does. Um, to the point where she impersonated someone impersonating Paige. Oh, that's my gosh. So that's funny. funny. Uh, so here's a picture of actually her with Florence Pugh, and they're oh, both yeah. in costume as Paige, um, which is pretty great. They're, and they are this, about the same height. She's a, a really petite woman. She's 5'5", five five, so oh, wow. she's just about my height and size. Wow. <laughs> I know. Well, obviously, she's much more ripped than me, as you can see in this picture. Mm. She's got incredible I don't know. I thought guns. that was you. Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, you all look very I wear similar. like a lot of black leather bustiers, so it does look <laughs> a lot. But they're like me. underneath your A-line dresses. Yeah, they're you know? like, I got a Mogcloth dress with the <laughs> leather bustier underneath. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but here's one thing we do have in common. According to her WOW bio page, she likes musical theater, <laughs> which like, yeah, same girl. Uh, I bet when you found that, you were like, yes. I was like, cool. Yay. We can be friends. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um so she just seems like extremely rad i couldn't find a lot of kayfabe stuff on her either because she's with promotions that don't seem to have as as big of a like online community i at least know about Mm. um but people just really respect the hell out of her and she's not afraid to like take really hard bumps and do intergender matches and do these really intense like hard hits and moves and she looks entirely comfortable and in control in the ring always so her instagram is also really intense i went through it a little bit and she's like incredibly ripped like mm-hmm. amazing arms amazing abs um she posts a lot of like strength training stuff and she seems really cool so i'm really excited to Hell see yeah. what she does do you know any information about why she's not part of nxt anymore really no i don't think they ever signed her i think she just came and did like a couple of matches yeah hmm. and um you know then they had her for the may young classic and yeah it, that i guess they decided they didn't want to keep her yeah for like tournaments and stuff it's usually um like they're it's kind of a freelance deal so cool. some people who they're interested in will get brought into developmental but she might have wanted to go elsewhere to yeah get more seasoned or something didn't know if there was any drama yeah, it didn't seem to be. It seems, and I assume not since she was brought in for Fighting With My Family, since yeah. that was a WWE production. Oh, yeah, that's exactly. True, yeah. I think everyone just really likes her and respects the hell out of her, and it seems like she's been really careful about choosing promotions that are, like, promoting her mm-hmm. in a really good way. Mm. So that seems really cool by all accounts. Like, yeah. the number of things she's done that have been, like, first or, like, history-making already is, like seems to me like she she picked the right places but yeah yeah, she's just really rad and i'll I'll include a a cool interview with her where she talks about her childhood a little bit and um yeah her awesome gold bat entrance yeah (laughs) slam anniversary which now i really want to look into i mean you should isn't your wedding anniversary next weekend yeah, it's don't my, y'all call it slam? Don't you guys call yeah, it? Yeah, we call it our slam anniversary. Um, so this is actually perfect. Yes, another thing we have in happy slam anniversary, Sarah. Thank you, and Kyle. Thank you. Well, speaking <gasps> of controversy, <laughs> yes, we've got controversy. Zach Saber Jr. Uh, he's just a he's a great guy. Is he good? Oh my! Yeah. Okay, God. good because he's so cute. I know. Okay. I love him. <gasps> okay, Lucas Eatwell. It's all my high school boyfriends. July twenty fourth, nineteen eighty seven, which makes him a. Um, that's a Leo. Leo. Mm-hmm. Cool. A Leo. Yes. And barely. also like barely younger than me. I know. Right? Wow. <laughs> uh, he started training um, 
at the age of 14 under the guidance of John Ryan and Andre Baker. His offense um, includes various technical wrestling holds and pinning combinations, along with hard-hitting strikes, which stems from his love of Puro... I can never do Puro this Resu? Right. Uh, Puro Resu, yes. Um, as much as we can tell, that's I how mean, it is. That's yeah, what it looks. Yeah. Um, so these, I'm going to first start. Look at these photos. Yeah, it's like a real dashboard confessional vibe. I, these again, pictures, and boy, am I sweating. Straight up, every boy I had a crush on when I was <laughs> right? 14 years old, 100%. I love how guys would always show up with their hair like that at a dance, and it would oh, end yeah. the other way. Yeah. <laughs> start to the right and end at the left. You're right. Yeah. The sign of a good dance. Mike, did you have that hair? I wanted it so bad. Oh, Mike. You, <laughs> you know couldn't who... get it, could you? It just kept growing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no. It would get too long, and then your mom would cut it too short, and then you'd have to start all over again. Is that what would happen? Please uh, tell. No, I grew it out to shoulder length and kept it till I was like 22. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen photos Ooh, of that? Oh, yeah. I've past, seen lots of photos of that. Past. Black long hair. Yeah. Wow. All right, so... Puroresu. Mm-hmm. This is where I, Katie, pull out a piece of paper, so get ready, because mm-hmm. I got lots of tabs for this one. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Japanese pro wrestling is in, is distinct in its psychology <gasps> and presentation of the sport. Because he said that he is very interested in this, I wanted to kind of go into Japanese pro wrestling. Cool. It's been a while since we've really talked about it in yeah. the whole yeah, yeah, situation yeah. of it. yeah. So it's treated as a legitimate fight with fewer theatrics. And the stories told in Japanese matches are about this fighter's spirit and perseverance. Mm -hmm. In strong style, which is what he loves, the style most typically associated with pro wrestling, full contact martial arts strikes and shoot submission holds are implemented. So it's a lot of kicking and quick moves is what it is and a lot of submission holds. Um, So it's known for the fighting spirit and the wrestlers are known for their full contact strikes. Many Japanese wrestlers have degrees of knowledge in many different martial arts and wrestling styles. And because of this, there are usually doctors and trainers at ringside for assisting the wrestlers after a match. Most matches have clean finishes and many of the promotions don't use any angles or gimmicks at all. Hmm. Oh, wow. So I have even more information because I was really fascinated by this. So it started after World War II. Um, A lot of the army just kind of moved into that as much as possible. Um, I'm not going to go into it as much because the guy who created it and kind of started it, I want to do him soon because it's really fascinating. But what's really cool is they have these like uh, locations that are really important to it. Like there's a steakhouse and um, there's this really interesting quote from Colt Cabana. Um, if you are part of the Ribera Steakhouse and if you go there and enjoy it, it meant that you were good enough to wrestle in Japan. It's a level of respect. You're a guy that's done your work and it's proven by having a Ribera jacket. So they would go to the steakhouse and it was like part of the culture and the collection of it. And then they also had a bar that was called Dropkick Bar. (laughs) And like most of the wrestlers would actually work at those places as well. And they were part of all these promotions. Cool. So it's like this whole very cool contact and culture behind it, which I thought was really fascinating. um, And what he loved about all of this in general. I also tried to figure out what the streamers were about uh-huh. with it, and I could not find as much information because I've always wondered why they use all the streamers. Yeah. I think it's just that they think it's cool. Yeah. And it's, right? like, fun. I mean, it's if you're going to celebrate someone, it's a delightful way to it celebrate very, someone. Exactly. It's super visual. So now back to our boy. Yes. So Oof. back to the promotions. <laughs> He's had a few. Whoa. So these are now our two favorite boys together. Oh, look at our boys. Look how young they look there. I know. He looks like a young Ethan Hawk. Right? Oh, he does. He definitely does. Zach, yeah. Damn. Do you think this is before or after Finn Balor just started doing whatever in the gym? <laughs> <laughs> I think probably after. Yeah. Yeah, just doing whatever. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't until he got serious and started just doing whatever <laughs> that he achieved that physique. That's that was such a weak article. I read it. It was. No. Yeah, Katie didn't get to talk about I it. I read last it week. at the airport the other day yeah. and I was just like this is this is ridiculous. Come on, give us more know. information because we wanted to all do your workout. Yeah. I would love to. I would love to eat uh-huh. like yeah, <laughs> what if we all 
What if we did? Did whatever all, every day. And we all ended up with Finn Balor Adams. <laughs> if we just did whatever? But other, yeah, but other, otherwise... But I've been like, doing whatever for like six years. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I do not have Finn Balor's abs, and I've been doing whatever for like 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> Doing whatever means joining a gym and not going, right? Yeah. <laughs> for me, it means going and, and working out for like 20 minutes being like, ah, this is probably good enough. Yeah. Yep. You're like, my one ab hurts, You're like, I'm so done, I'm good. I'm yeah. done. Or, oh no, I finished my water bottle. That yes. means I've worked out the amount of a one water bottle. <laughs> so as you can see, multiple promotions. Mm-hmm. One that was very fun to see, Pro Wrestling Gorilla was on there. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. From mm. 2014 to present. Oh, apparently. So he shows up. Have you seen him? Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. (gasps) He's such a dick. It's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But is he like tall? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, he's really tall, too. Oh, no. Yeah. And his whole thing is all like submission holds and stuff. So you're just seeing him. He's an octopus. He just pins Roll around and like Mm -hmm. choking dudes. So I, let's just say. The dudes will roll around on him and choke him. Oh, no. I watched watched nine matches today of his. Nine? Oh. Nine matches. Oh, wow. <laughs> My fiance came home and was like, what you watching here? <laughs> and you're like, Nothing, Alex, you say, <laughs> slamming the laptop. Go to your room. <laughs> Go to your room. Play your Switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they're amazing. And I'll say the the best one was the famous one with, uh, uh, why can't I, Daniel Bryan's in. Um, Daniel Bryan, sorry. Um, it's crazy. Can't wait to watch this man pin people. This one is insane. It goes on for, I think it's like a 45-minute match. Did you watch Ooh. eight others? Yeah. Oh I God. did. I watched his best moves. I went for it. That's what wow. I do. I haven't been here for a while. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I saw, I think it was him and Matt Riddle fight, and they were just... <gasps> Fun. They were just in there rolling around because yeah. he's like an MMA dude. So yeah. it was, yeah. it was great. Yeah, I mean, like there was this one point where he like pins him, um, and he like they both are like octopus legs and just like wrapping themselves around each other, and then they'll do like backflips and then flip over, mm. and then they'll do like basically the coffee grinder onto each other. And there was one point where um, where Zach was like his standing on his head and it was like this crazy moment that was just like what the hell is happening it was really fast really amazing and they were so exhausted by the end of it you can tell it's like just so exhausting to put that much into it was he wearing these little shorts at the time Uh, or is this an older mm, look he's a diaper boy mostly now okay okay good Mm -hmm. but this is when he did these peekaboo shorts they're like the briefs those Mm -hmm. are kind of just like the gym shorts i wear yeah. And I like they're they're blue and they have a, a white diagonal stripe mm-hmm. for some visual interest. Exactly. Also to kind of show the shape. I mean, that's why I, I said the peekaboo short. It's yeah. a, there's a lot of information being delivered here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a beautiful man and his accent is even beautiful. What are we interpreting from this information? I'm just curious. He has a penis. Yeah, it's there. We he just has a really penis. I guess I'm just what is it? A lot of information. Is it? It's a it's a, a decent amount. It's a of medium amount of information yeah. because like the white stripe unknowable. is unknowable. Yeah, you wouldn't be upset with the information you're seeing. Yeah, no, the information would not upset me. I don't think the information is intriguing, and I'd love to know more. <laughs> Unhinged Sarah is horny. I'm sorry, guys. It's been a weird day. <laughs> Yeah, Kyle's definitely gonna murder you. Guys. No, I don't like his comeback. Oh, I know all about it because I was driving, listening to this. Oh no. Okay, so speaking oh. of peekaboo shorts, no, not at all. Keep going. You can transition. Oh. Okay. So, this is why I was saying the controversy and the bad boyness mm. of him. So he was part of WWE's inaugural Cruiserweight Classic Tournament along with Japanese sensation Kota Ibushi, Ibushi, um, who also competed in the tournament and also wrestled under NXT brand for a limited amount of time. Both of them were eventually eliminated from Cruiserweight Classic in the semifinal stage and eventually shifted their focus towards, I love this transition, what they said, the land of the rising sun, Mm. Japan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they focused on New Japan. But 
a lot of drama towards this of like they were like did they decide not to do it did WWE not want them and according to all of this they were not getting the money that they should have at the level that they were mm. so they decided to go New Japan and then right after that happened he tweeted this which was Koda Kodakun uh, we made the right choice mate ooh yeah so like he's he's a little badass boy you know he likes mm-hmm. to cause drama in a great way though Wow. Yeah. So keep going. So he's also very political. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's his new shirt. (gasps) I fight with my brain and with the underlying hatred of the British Conservative Party. Damn. That's a catchy shirt. (laughs) Is that insane? I might buy that shirt. I know. When when this this was literally I wanted to name this slide just Felsky. Because ah! <laughs> <laughs> this is your new boyfriend in my Thank mind. Thank you. That's um nice. also so his shirt, um, it should say on there, his shirt is uh Jeremy Corbyn, who is the leader of the Labour Party and the leader of opposition. And he wore that on stage. Love. Like when everything was going on. Wow. Yeah, honestly, this looks like an outfit you would wear, Christina. This outfit, the like white jacket, the white stuff. jacket's mm-hmm. very cool, mm-hmm. and the cool and the man, and then of course you know no yeah. pants, one hundred percent. So <laughs> this is a video of him literally freaking out right after everything went down, and he literally with, is like with, throwing with, a chair like Brexit. Oh, Bre- okay. oh yeah, and he's throwing a chair and he's like cussing out and he's like fuck you and like literally just like right at the step and repeat losing his mind Mm. and then blames it for the reason he didn't win Mm. his Mm -hmm. match which i was Um. like uh he's kind of awesome yes and then also then this sentence yeah so then he is uh since 2015 he's been a vegan Mm -hmm. and he was in la for a while and he watched a documentary and so he turned vegan because of that that'll do it wow I think he had a shirt that was like, be kind to animals or I'll put you in an arm bar. Or something yep, he like had that. something oh. like that. And then he also, for every single one of his promotion, he talks about how he will stronghold anyone except for animals. Oh, my God. This is going to really shake up the boyfriend bracket dramatically next time if, he's another, if he enters right? again. After we burned him last time, if he'll consider entering again. I know. We don't know. In a different position. Yeah. Maybe he'll come in out of, out of nowhere. Oh, my God. A late entrant. A late entrance. Finn Balor style. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so he's now basically with New Japan only right now Mm -hmm. and doing a few other promotions, but he's focused his time on that because he finds it's like kind of the best for him and also the most respected. And he loves the like culture of it and stuff, so. I actually have a question. Mm -hmm. If we can go back for a moment. Yeah. So is this his normal outfit that he wrestles in? Does he don't normally have the like Union Jack diaper? Yes, he does. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's a diaper man. Mm-hmm. He um, loves the high boot and stuff. Yeah. That's Basically just so, a fin look. It, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. It's just really interesting to me that he still has, like, the whole British I know. theme going on. I mean, I guess you can still, you know, it's it's patriotic to speak out against oppression in your country. Yeah. Um, but that's just really interesting to me that he's still, like, yeah. you know. Mm. How do you guys feel about... Um, people using gimmicks like being a vegan mm. or Daniel Bryan's sort of like green energy thing used as being like a heel. Like they're reviled heels for saying things that I would say we agree in our progressive ideas. Yeah. How, is that? Do we think that's funny? Do we think that's weird that wrestling fans are like, we love to boo this vegan guy? <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's a good question. I don't really think of it like that. And I think it's just because um, I like heels better. And mm. I think it's just because I have always liked antagonists and I very much enjoy a villain. And so- Wait, you? I know, right? <laughs> so out of left field, but I like a villain. And so, yeah. or I find them interesting and like captivating in a way. And so I feel like they'd get more attention for doing that than if they were like, let's all hug the earth and recycle as like a face. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. way more, because I think that being a heel is more about extremes than it is about what the actual viewpoint is, right? That's just how I see it. I think of it as a, a very funny thing because <laughs> yeah. it is like going against this, like what we know is a culture that's very conservative and mm. very like right. And so when you are like trying to be a heel of it, you're like, yeah, fuck you to what we're doing. Yeah, you know? it does and seem like, very fuck you yeah. establishment. Yeah. Which I enjoy it because it is yeah. people that we also enjoy 
doing it. And mm. if if someone who weren't a vegan were to do it, I'd be like, no, fuck you for doing that. Yeah. But it's because he is one, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and like presumably Daniel Bryan does think that it's important to like recycle and yeah. and like be a good steward of the earth. Based yeah, on he has what a we human compost toilet. Yeah. So. I was more thinking along the lines of, and I know we we did Bailey and Sina. I have a different understanding of her, but like the Bailey like hog thing. Yeah, it, yeah. It, like it could be that kind of face thing where it's just like I love the earth where Mm -hmm. it just feels dorky and Mm -hmm. this way it feels like cool and like progress like it feels edgy and blah yeah also like it's still getting out there I guess is my kind of thing is like I don't think I mean who knows why people individually are like booing the person they could be actually booing the idea of like conservation and, and being vegan but they're still hearing a message about like conservation and and like yeah. considering like ethical treatment of animals and Very stuff true. and that's and that's really i don't know if that's a, a a way that gets someone to think about like their consumption in the world maybe that's good yeah, yeah i agree I also think Daniel Bryan accused AJ Styles of being a flat earther on a promo one time. It was really funny. <gasps> wildly really? funny. Wildly funny. Ooh, it that's was very so it was before he was cleared to wrestle and everyone's like Daniel Bryan's gone crazy. He's just saying whatever. Like that's crazy that he did that. Oh, I would. I love that's it. That's so great. Wow. Yeah. Who is this baby? Oh my gosh. Oh my and God. your Final thoughts. We have a uh, Drew McIntyre with a baby. This is uh, Mike's number one wrestling crush. Uh-huh. Oh, Drew McIntyre. Like I get it. I get it. Right? I thought you were gonna say Drew McIntyre. He can get it. Well, he kind of he can. can get I mean, it. he definitely can. He get looks it. like um. Most like, of these men could get it, to well, be honest. He, true. I have but very he, low he standards. Specifically, now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're high standards. <laughs> he specifically looks like the cover of a romance novel from the '70s, where yeah. it's like the soft painting mm-hmm. style, where he's like the Scottish rogue, and mm-hmm. he's like someone who would. It'd be really problematic as a romance novel, but he'd you know be the yeah guy he's the on brutal the man. Yep. Mm-hmm. He just has that vibe to this me. This baby looks unhappy. Who is this baby? I really want to know who this baby is. We have no information. Yeah, why didn't you cite it? Why didn't you cite the baby? It's someone's shocked-looking baby with a gigantic bow. The bow is on its extreme. head. The bow is way too much. Assuming, too much. yeah. It's a fucking baby, you guys. You're no, this on is, its no, no, fashion, we're, we're but mostly fashion. the person who dressed it. Mostly fashion, and that baby's not fashion. You know right what? Now. The mm-hmm. only reason why babies wear bows is to prove their gender. So really, it's it's a backwards little construct. It is cute, but the bow yes, is not the cute. the baby knew all of no, this. No, the baby, no one said it. the baby's doing that. I'm just saying that, like, it's hard to keep a bow on a baby, so they're doing it to be like, yeah. don't call my baby a boy. Mm-hmm. It's just a whole thing. It's a real thing. That's for our other podcast, guys. It's for our, our other our podcast. Baby, baby gender looks. reveal. <laughs> gender reveal baby looks. <laughs> yep. I really like this baby's look is startled. And I'm assuming what happened after this picture was taken is that the baby either cried or like burped a little on Drew McIntyre. Uh-huh. Or perhaps just looked at its parents and was like, please take me back. I hope mm-hmm. it's shitting. I hope it is too. Well, anyway, a- that's my final thought. I hope it's shitting. You hope the baby is shitting. <laughs> I hope the um, baby is shitting. Those were some great, yeah, some great wrestlers. I think today. it's yeah. funny. We all kind of went light, which yeah, we is did. interesting. But mm-hmm. um, no, I just yeah, good good times. I like it. Please keep sending us recommendations. Please I, do. I wouldn't have even known about Tessa Blanchard if I hadn't had that recommendation. Yeah. So thank you. Please do keep them coming. We're we're learning. Gotta yeah, get we through are. that May Young um, roster again. Anyway, uh, if you would like to see the looks that we're talking about, you can check us out on Instagram at KFAB Podcast, K-A-Y-F-A-B Podcast. And you can also recommend a wrestler for us to review over on Twitter. Yay! Same handle on both places. And you guess what? You can message us on both places. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we love hearing from y'all. Yeah, it sounds do. like Christina's DMs are open. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs>